Now, I just came across this uh, very interesting article which is published on the Weather Channel, out of all places, uh, by TWC India, which says, Concerning reports suggest COVID-19 subvariant JN1 is behind China's increasing death rates. Amid the global rise in fresh COVID-19 cases, China is reportedly experiencing increasing death rates due to infection caused by the JN1 variant, claimed a media report. In a report, the Epic Times claimed that the country's crematoriums are working around the clock due to a surge in COVID-19 deaths. This comes after China recently saw a pneumonia outbreak, particularly among the children. Locals in Henan province in China reportedly revealed that government-run crematoriums are operating all day and even during the night. The report claimed that many locals are suffering from fevers and colds and the local hospitals are all full. Many children have been infected and more elderly people have died from pneumonia. According to uh, Zhu Qing, uh, a resident in Nanyang city of Henan province, the people are not allowed to call their illness COVID-19. Now, they are not allowed to say that it is related to COVID-19. Zhao was quoted as saying, They attribute the elderly patients' infections to their underlying diseases because the medical system does not allow them to say that there is COVID-19 virus. Patients' requests to take COVID-19 tests are all denied. And when they ask the doctors if it's COVID-19, the doctors don't tell them. Actually, ordinary people uh, all know that it is still COVID-19. Now, it is believed that the death is due to JN1 from the lineage of the Omicron variant of COVID-19, currently present in 41 countries. Now, the World Health Organization recently classified JN1 as a separate variant of interest from the parent lineage BA286. It was previously classified as VO1 as part of BA286 sublineages. While who claims the infections caused by JN1 to be mild, the Epic Times reported that death rates include both young and old. Zhao said in addition to the elderly, the young people and children are also dying. But the handling of their deaths are relatively low-key. It would be enough for relatives and friends to know about it. Now, I tried to do a little bit more research to find the original source information from the Epic Times, but I had a lot of trouble finding that information. Uh, in fact, I couldn't find anything uh, outside of this main source, which could relate to probably uh, censorship. But what I did find was a uh, another article from the Express, which has a lot more detailed information. Uh, I believe perhaps what this information could be coming from. Uh, it's from the Express. This headline reads, China's crematoriums working 24 hours a day as JN1 COVID variant rapidly spreads. China's crematoriums are working round the clock due to a surge in COVID deaths, according to reports. The JN1 mutation, a new strain rising to dominance in a number of countries in U.S. states, has been reclassified as its own separate variant by the World Health Organization. Locals in Henan, China have shared how dire the situation is, with one person revealing that the government-run crematoriums are operating one day. One resident told the Epic Times, there are eight crematoriums in the funeral home, all cremating corpses 24 hours a day, which is quite scary. The morgues of government-run funeral homes cannot meet the needs of the public. 
Waves of infection are plaguing China. Residents from the northern Henan province told us about the situation on the ground. They say the medical system has been ordered to avoid reporting deaths as caused by COVID-19. This wave of virus has claimed many lives and the crematorium cannot keep up. It operates continuously, day and night. It has eight cremation furnaces and 24 hours a day there are people working there. Now in the medical system, they don't let you say that the deaths are related to COVID-19. Every hospital is packed with people and there are numerous cases of the so-called white lung syndrome. There are also many with it in his hospital. This wave began spreading in China in September and has swept across the country. The Chinese Communist Party blames the outbreak on influenza and mycoplasma pneumonia while downplaying COVID-19. Now just a few weeks ago, these cases were all classified as RSV, pneumonia, and the flu with no mentions of any kind of new COVID variations and mutations. They uh, told us that this was a common time of the year. However, that this uh, there is a much higher spike in hospitalizations than usual. Now, on top of this, they also told us that a large number of hospitalizations and rising deaths were also because of the viruses having a strong resistance to antibiotics. But what we are now being told is that not only is there a new subvariant of COVID-19 strand, but this specific strand has over 30 mutations to its spike protein, and this specific variant is evading the immune system. In my last video on this, I warned that there were four signs of judgment that appeared over the nation in 2020 linked to the pandemic, and they are re-emerging again. And if these signs are correct, we aren't only going to see a repeat of 2020, but it's going to be much deadlier. So this narrative is rapidly changing. In fact, in 2020, every single case was identified as COVID and every single death was identified as COVID. This time around, it seems to be the exact opposite. Now we are seeing a complete censorship of what is actually occurring and what is about to happen. Let me be very, very clear. The damage will be enormous. And as I was saying, I can be excused for missing the timeline. I cannot be excused for conveying a message that is completely wrong. But somebody, somebody has to do it. And I, I don't like to do this, not at all. I have tears in my eyes when I say this, but you know, it is reality. It is reality. We have come to the point where GN1 is telling us it's the harbinger you know, of, of uh, a new variant that will dramatically change the, the scene, just like Omicron did. Luckily enough for Omicron, it was just about the infectiousness. For the new one, it will be about the virulence. And uh, so for me, it's very clear recess is over, you know, playtime is over. And uh, for me, all the discussions, all other discussions are at this point obsolete. This is the one that we don't control and that is evolving in an extremely dramatic way. And our public health authorities are doing as if nothing were. Just observing, looking where this is going, saying we have endemicity, we have herd immunity, we will need to live with the virus and we will do yearly, yearly vaccination. It is, I'm sorry to say this, I'm weighing my words, this is complete bullshit. 
it's dangerous bullshit what uh, what they are the, the kind of messages uh, they are uh, they are spreading and uh, i'm i'm also completely pissed off with all the scientists who are blindly blindly following this narrative and as i was saying they should do their elisa uh, Elisa's on these antibodies, for example, to see that these are not uh, truly neutralizing antibodies. Where to start, I think, is with what caught Gert's attention. And this was uh, an article that was published in Forbes. And it was done by uh, William Hasseltine. Um, he's a, a PhD who worked at Harvard, really great experience um, with regards to multiple viral infections. And he has been following COVID very closely. And he describes the JN1 as being the odd man out. And so you can see here this red circle among all these squares. That's what he is referring to when he considers that this is the odd man out. This was published in about October of 2023. But there are some very important things that he highlighted from the research. And you have here, um, this is one of the images that he had showed. And it was showing that the BA286, which is another variant of Omicron, this was the one that we were concerned about before. Uh, this one then splits into potentially three different times. And JN1 this is the one that has really got GERT really concerned. And there are some characteristics about this particular variant that is making him realize that something different is happening at the immune level. That's why he is concerned that we are on the brink of that eruption, because the characteristics that are being seen are not necessarily typical. So when they looked in more detail at this JN1 variant, and they're looking at, they're comparing three different ones, the XBB15, the HV1, and the JN1 here. And these are the overlapping mutations that they've got here. But in terms of JN1, these are the numbers of unusual mutations that they were seeing. So it's, it's significantly different, even though it has similar characteristics in some parts. But it's more than just that JN1 is different. It's also the fact that even in the more recent neutralization um, tests, and you can see here as well, this is later in the article, you can see that when they look at neutralization here, um, when they're comparing the different um, mutations, the different uh, Omicron variants, I don't know if it's so easy to see. All you have to remember is that at the end here is JN1. And this titer here is the lowest. The immune response is the lowest to this JN1. And here again. So what it's meaning is that the, um, the antibodies that are being produced even after vaccination don't seem to be responding or being able to neutralize JN1. And that's only part of the problem that Gert is concerned about. And what he was trying to explain yesterday was just how significant this transition is with regards to why this is actually occurring. And he was pointing out that previously, you had antibodies being the primary response to the infection. What he's starting to realize is that it's no longer antibodies. And this is the part that he is, is very concerned about. And I've got this um, 
this section here from his um, his article. And uh, he was talking about the dominant propagation of JN1 suggests that the population's immune response no longer primarily consists of broadly cross um, cross S variant reactive antibodies, but of newly emerging immune effectors that are no longer S specific, but still immune um, exert immune pressure on the viral infection. And his theory is that this immune refocusing, where the immune system is doing a transition has shifted from these cross-reactive antibodies to cross-ST2 um, reactive cytotoxic lymphocytes. Now, and it is a combination of two things that is really getting him worried about the fact that we are right on the brink of this volcano exploding. Because it will mean that in highly vaccinated parts of the world, the immune system is shifting to the T lymphocytes instead of antibodies. And there may be problems still being able to neutralize this virus. There's one other thing that's very, very concerning to him. And this is now where we're talking about the, um, the characteristics of the spike protein. And you have here, this is a, a number of angles of the spike protein. So this is one angle. This is it rotated to different direction. Uh, this here is looking at it from the top. Um, so one of the things about this is that where you have purple, this is what they call the N-terminal domain. It's not where the ACE2 binds to allow the spike to get the virus inside the cell. This is the re receptor binding domain. It's in green and yellow and blue. This is where ACE2 binds. But this portion, the N-terminal domain, is usually very well conserved. It doesn't change much, unlike the receptor binding domain. And what he's saying is that it seems that there are characteristics about JN1 that are altering this part of the spike protein. And so it's changing the immune response or the immune pressure now from the ground troops, these are the cytotoxic lymphocytes, it's now making the enemy shift to a guerrilla warfare. Instead of being in bunkers, they are now shifting to maybe being in trees because now they have a different target to look at. There's another point that is very important in this, and this is why I said this is so multi-layered. So his perspective is very, very important. The other thing that they noticed, which was in the... Um, in the recent paper that was the, the article, is that they have noticed that it is not just the spike protein that is being changed at the moment. They are now noticing that JN1 has changes to different parts of the virus. So this is the normal virus here. And you have here, this is just a, a virus with the blue part being the spike protein. And this is a cut section of the virus. So this is a spike protein. But this is not the only part of the virus that is immunogenic. You also have the nucleocapsid protein, you have membrane proteins, you have envelope proteins. And one of the problems with regards to vaccinations is that they were so focused on the spike as opposed to natural immunity, which focuses on all of these epitopes and proteins, is that changes to the spike allow the virus to get around it. What they're noticing with JN1 is that for the first time, they're seeing not just changes to the spike, 
with changes to other proteins in the virus. And this suggests to GERT that it means that the, the switch of the immune response to cytotoxic um, lymphocytes is causing the immune pressure to shift the whole virus in a way that it will completely evade immunity. The point being made is that from an immune point of view, the unvaccinated cohorts still have all of their pieces working together. So the ground troops, surface-to-air missiles, the Air Force, everything is working in a coordinated way. And so therefore they have an advantage as opposed to being completely safe. That's how I look at it. There is an advantage, but it doesn't mean that everything is absolutely okay. But for our vaccinated cohort, who are now using their last level of immune response by bringing in the ground troops, it could indicate that we have nowhere left to go.